0: my is like a my a It is Friday November 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester New York. Welcome to our week 9 Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host off with me again are Garrett Smola and Tyler Syracuse and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Week 8 proved to be much lower scoring than the ceiling week that we got before it, guys, and Tyler announced his return from forgetfulness the week before with a nearly 27-point margin of victory. In the crown is ass challenge, what went right for you in cash last week, Ty?
1: The big difference for me was really just the Dolphins defense scoring 23 points. Kind of got lucky there. They were my last pick in at $2,400. I thought they made sense. They were generating a good amount of pressure going up against Jared Goff, who struggles with pressure. And like you said, it was a really low scoring week. So anytime you could get 20 plus from your defense, it's going to give you a huge leg up in your contest.
0: Yeah, Uh, my lineup got crushed by Jimmy Garoppolo and also had those little snowflake icons that you hate to see next to AJ Green, Darren Waller and Tyler Lockett. And yet the lineup still (laughs) won the smattering of head to heads that I put it in. So it was a low scoring week. The Colts defense helped me as well. Not as much as the Dolphins defense for you. I don't really have any overarching takeaways, though, from my team. Jared, what do you have to say for yourself?
2: Yeah, I was so surprised when I saw like the Finns D was like fifteen percent owned in double ups. I don't know. I, I'm all about the cheap D, but to me, the Browns were pretty clearly a, a better option. I, I mean, I, I thought the Rams would be able to run on Miami as soon as they got behind. That sort of went out the window, so I mean, that that hurt not having Miami. And then Garoppolo obviously. I, I think the fact that Nick Mullins came in and scored like seventeen DraftKings points in the fourth quarter is a reminder that you know the CXD is bad. It was a good matchup. Garoppolo was probably a fine play. He just either played poorly or it was the ankle. I don't know what it was, but um, you know, when, when you get three points or whatever on your quarterback, you're not going to win.
0: Yeah. Even when a quarterback doesn't work out, he's not usually going to not work out quite to that degree. So uh, we'll move forward. We will all be back at it for round nine of the crown is ass challenge. We will show you Saturday who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. for now, Tyler, why don't you get us started with a cash QB
1: strategy? Well, week nine, I think I'm really going to lean on you guys this week. Cause I'm not too much. I like at any position to be honest. <laughs> but I'm really high on this Buffalo-Seattle game, so that's probably where I'm going to go in cash. I'm, I'm fine with either option. I think it's a blow-up spot for both quarterbacks, so I'm going to prioritize one of those guys in cash for sure.
2: All right, Jared, what about you? Yeah, so I mean, I, I love Russell Wilson, 7,600, Josh Allen, 7,000, and Deshaun Watson at 7,100, like in a vacuum. But as I you know, have been putting together my cash lineup, Today, I think I think I'm going to end up paying down at quarterback with Derek Carr. Um, it obviously, doesn't have the upside of those guys, but we're saving you know anywhere from like two thousand to fifteen hundred bucks. Um, I'm throwing out Carr's you know week eight game against the Browns. It was, it was windy. You know, neither passing game did anything, and you know forty mile per hour wins. But Carr had five, or he had five straight games with multiple touchdowns prior to that. Uh, Twenty plus DraftKings points in four of those five games, and I think Sunday's game. Against the Chargers is, is going to be a shootout. The game has a 52 point over/under. Uh, the Raiders have a 25 and a half point implied total, and the Chargers are now down to 26 in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They've really been struggling over the past few weeks. Um, Joey Bosa is questionable for this game. They'll only upgrade the matchup for Derek Carr. So again, Carr doesn't have like the 30 point ceiling of those other guys. If you want to you know get up into the 7000s, but I feel pretty good about his chances of scoring you know 20 to 25 points in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm not letting either last week at Cleveland, which was not just windy, but also cold and rainy, um, push me away from Derek Carr. And I'm not going to let the Jimmy Garoppolo debacle make me scared of playing a 5k quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a good play this week. It's really just him and Drew Locke that are in play in the 5k range, I think. And Drew Locke is this week's Jimmy Garoppolo, where he could be just fine, or he could be awful and sink your lineup. So I'll stick with Derek Carr, who's been playing well, Um, Outside of that Cleveland game, as you mentioned, he's tied with Matthew Stafford for 10th in DK points per game on this main slate this week, 14th at the position in salary. So good value leads our DK dollars per point projections this week. The Chargers have allowed 53 offensive points over the past two weeks to the Jaguars and Broncos, and they are the fifth most positive QB scoring matchup on the slate by Draft Sharks adjusted fantasy points allowed. Um, Tyler, do you like anything better for GPPs here?
1: I'm definitely going to have the most exposure to those two quarterbacks and GPPs as well. Uh, I think it's another week where we could pay up for Chiefs stacks going up against the Panthers defense who can't generate a pass rush. So Chief stacks are obviously always in play, and then you could run it back with either DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson. Chase Daniels interesting at $4,000 if Matthew Stafford's ruled out. I feel like Stafford's going to play because he never tested positive. He was just exposed to somebody that did. So that's going to be a situation we're going to monitor because the Vikings are without their top three starting cornerbacks. I mean, if those guys are all out and Stafford gets ruled out, I think Chase Daniel would would be in play for even cash if we're going to pay down. But um, I, I get the sense that Stafford's going to play. I think Lamar Jackson's interesting in GPP still. His prices continue to come down. He's going up against a pretty good Colts defense. He's been a major disappointment this year, but with his price, only a hundred dollars more than Justin Herbert. I just think that he offers enough upside that I want to get him in my GPP player pool.
0: Uh, It's going to be Justin Herbert for me that that, in in that comparison with Lamar Jackson, uh, just, he's been showing the upside every week and he's an easy stack there. I I agree with favoring Josh Allen this week though, because at 7,000, he's only 200 more than Justin Herbert and he's headed for low ownership. It looks like we'll check that over the weekend to make sure. But I mean, I don't see him climbing from his very low point right now to double digits, which is what it would take to actually change the thinking. You can also get exposure to Russell Wilson on the other side of that by running back Tyler Lockett against him in that game. There's the easy stack with Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley's in play, definitely not a must at $5,400. Uh, that salary increased over last week despite his two-catch game. Against New England, but uh, he's in play, and I think John Brown is also in play as a potential, you know, differentiator at forty six hundred. So ways to to differentiate um,
2: even beyond just having Josh Allen at a low ownership rate.
0: Jared, yeah, who are you I, favoring?
2: I think the ownership we have for Allen on our site is wrong. I was on FanShare today, and they have it up at around like ten to eleven percent. We'll have to fix that on our yeah, site. Yeah, exactly. you know, I, I think. Yeah, I think Allen to Digs and you know bringing it back with Lockett will probably be the most popular. Stack this week, so I, I like it. You can still use it. You just have to, you know, find a couple other pieces to put in that lineup that are less owned. Um, so I'll have that. um I'll have a Justin Herbert stack. I'll probably have a Deshaun Watson, you know, Fuller Cooks stack. I like Drew Lock for tournaments, so I agree. I wouldn't use him in cash, even at fifty-two hundred bucks. But lot or Lock for fifty-two hundred. Um, Noah Fant for forty-six hundred against a Falcons defense that's dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends, and then Jerry Judy. Who's $4,700? You know, Judy had 10 targets last week, led the entire league in air yards. It does look like Tim Patrick's back this week, so you, you could go Patrick instead of Judy. I'd probably lean towards Judy just as I think it's the bigger talent. You're saving a few hundred bucks, but Locke to Fant to Judy is so cheap. I would use Julio in that lineup as the run back, and you still have a ton of money to play around with the rest
1: with the rest of your lineup. So I, I really like that Broncos passing game stack. Tyler, are you playing any Drew Locke this week? Tough to say at this point in the week, but I think it's a week where we're desperate for some savings, so I wouldn't be surprised if I end up making some Drew Locke lineups.
0: I'm more willing to play a Derek Carr, Darren Wall, or Henry Ruggs stack here than I am Drew Locke because I think Derek Carr has more, more upside than Jared wants to give him every week, especially with these shootouts that the Chargers keep finding themselves locked in. But I, I can't argue that Drew Locke makes some sense in a tournament lineup here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Carr has a similar upside. You know, he's a few hundred dollars more. His stacking partners cost cost a bit more. So, Mm.
1: I will say I'll definitely have no Derek Carr. Um, To me, the Chargers defense is still one to be scared of, and I don't like the upside for Carr. So I think the only piece of the Raiders that I'm going to have is going to be Darren Waller this week. Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew say otherwise, my friend. (laughs)
0: Over at running back, Christian McCaffrey looks like he's going to play. He's expected to play. They're expected to activate him over the weekend. We'll obviously watch to make sure that that's the case. I'll be very curious to see what his projected ownership is coming in at Sunday morning because uh, I, I imagine it's going to change quite a bit as we get through the weekend, especially given that we're going to get McCaffrey at 8500 bucks on DraftKings. Last year, a healthy McCaffrey was regularly 10000 bucks, and he was still, even at that price, dangerous to fade. Are you guys um, looking to, to play – a good bit of McCaffrey, or maybe fade him. What
2: since we haven't seen him play in a while? Uh, he's definitely not in play for cash for me. Um, he's you know honestly he's probably a good tournament play. I mean Dalvin Cook is going to be the chalk, and he's three hundred dollars cheaper. I would yeah you know, I, I haven't seen the ownership on McCaffrey. I would guess he's going to be like you know a fourth or a fifth as owned as Dalvin Cook. So you know sort of like what we saw last week. Everyone. Paying for Derek Henry and Alvin Kamara, and then Dalvin Cook in the same price range ended up being the top play. I could see that happening again with McCaffrey this week. So I think if you're making a bunch of tournament lineups, I would definitely you know try to get you know I don't know 10 to 20 percent McCaffrey. Tyler's McCaffrey out of your cash plans?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't even think I'll have him in GPPs just because uh, I usually don't like to mess with players coming off a long layoff, especially with high ankle sprains. And we actually got breaking news on the podcast again this week. Matt Breda got ruled out. So we could probably transition right into uh, running back here. All right.
0: So who are you playing for cash at running back?
1: Delvin Cook is going to be impossible to avoid this week. He's still atop the Draft Sharks model in points per dollar, sitting at 8,200. We're projecting him for over 23 DraftKings points. He's just got a perfect matchup going up against that Lions defense. The Vikings are a home favorite. And he's going to be impossible to avoid. I'm not really seeing too much value at the running back position. Maybe we'll get some clarity on the Dolphins situation, whether it's going to be Jordan Howard or Patrick Laird. I'm not sure who's going to be the main option there. Uh, Looking like Philip Lindsay's going to play. Melvin Gordon would be a tremendous cash option if Lindsay was ruled out, but it's looking like both of those guys are going to play. So I don't love either of them. Uh, We have... David Montgomery, who's relatively cheap and has been seeing pretty consistent volume, but he's another guy that lacks a ceiling. So I'm not liking too much at the running back position. I think David Johnson's in play with a really good matchup, but he hasn't really shown us much this season either. So it's it's kind of a gross week in my opinion at the running back position.
0: Yeah, I agree. Dalvin Cook would have even more points projected if, if Jared would have let me leave my original numbers in there. Um, Jared, what do you like for cash at running back?
2: Yeah, so I'm not I'm not on Dalvin Cook for sure. I think we have not projected for like four and a half more points than any other running back on the slate. And then my, my second guy in is gonna be Chase Edmonds, um, sixty-eight hundred bucks. So it, you know, it's gonna be Chase Edmonds and then Eno you know, Benjamin, maybe Jonathan Ward, who's an undrafted rookie, um, active for the Cardinals this weekend against Miami. Um, you know, Edmonds already averaging four point six targets per game. So he he should maintain that role. And I think you can probably add to that something close to the 17 carries per game that Kenny and Drake has been averaging this season. So you're talking, you know, over 20 opportunities. Um, this Dolphins pasty is good. The run D remains bad. Football Outsiders has them dead last in run defense DVOA. They're allowing five yards per carry through running backs. And, and this note I saw from uh, CBS's Jacob Gibbs. No team runs from shotgun more than the Cardinals, and no team allows a higher rushing success rate against shotgun runs than Miami. So it just sets up as a really – Great matchup for Edmonds. I think he's you know five hundred to a thousand dollars underpriced in in this role.
0: Yeah, and he might see a hundred percent of the running back touches for Arizona this week. He's priced way up twenty two hundred more than last week, sixteen hundred more than a season high. But it doesn't matter. It's because he's in the workhorse role now. He had that three touchdown game against the Giants last year, so. Uh, we know that Cliff Kingsbury is at least willing in spots to give Chase Edmonds that kind of number one back workload. I agree that he's in play across formats here, and it's kind of tough to get away from a Dalvin Cook, Chase Edmonds start. I think in the cheaper range, uh, Tyler mentioned David Johnson. I think Justin Jackson is in play because of his $4,900 salary. He reached 20 touches in two of the past three games, and he entered the other game questionable. So uh, we can't really gauge his use from that game quite as much. So a positive matchup for Justin Jackson. I think the savings make him worth, you know, the relative risk versus the kind of guy that we would like to get into that second running back role. And transitioning over to the GPP side, I think that down in that cheap range, DeAndre Swift makes sense for a GPP lineup more so than cash, because if the Vikings do pull ahead of the lines in that one, he's going to see a lot fewer carries, certainly still could deliver as the receiving back which he has been the lead guy in that role for them all season, but it's a lot flimsier floor for Swift if the Vikings pull ahead and they are favored in that game. So I would not want to play Swift in a cash lineup personally.
2: Yeah. I'm going to do there like Swift and GPPs, you know, season high snap rate for him last week. His usage just sort of been trending up since they came back from the buy. So like that call. Um, I like Josh Jacobs for tournament 6,300 bucks. He's, he's a bit too game script dependent for me to use in cash. So in Raiders losses this season, Jacobs averaging just 13.7 carries and 45 rushing yards per game. In Raiders wins, 26 and a half carries, 97 rushing yards, over a rushing touchdown per game. So, you know, th- this game has a one point spread. The Raiders are one point underdogs, but I could see him winning this game easily. I could see him playing with a lead. So, you know, there's a chance you're going to get. 25 carries from Josh Jacobs at, at what's a pretty nice price tag at 6,300.
0: Yeah, I'm down with that, Tyler. What do you like for GPP running backs?
1: So as you guys were talking, I I noticed an update that Tremoyne, Tremoyne Pope for the Chargers got look like looks like he's doubtful with a concussion. So in that case, I like Justin Jackson a lot more. Uh, Pope got 17 running back opportunities last week, so the coaching staff clearly isn't very high on Joshua Kelly anymore. So as the week's going on, um, I think Justin Jackson is a guy I'm definitely going to have a lot of exposure to now this week. Another guy I like is Antonio Gibson, home favorite up up against the Giants. He's only $5,800, and in my opinion, that's too cheap. Coming off the bye, I'd I'd expect him to get a little bit more workload. To me, he's just got to be the guy there. J.D. McKissick has still been getting a lot of snaps, but Gibson's a guy that could do it all. And with the football team as home favorites, I think he makes a lot of sense this week. Uh, The only other situation I wanted to mention was the the Ravens situation. It's looking like Mark Ingram's going to miss another game. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. He Dobbins split the snaps pretty equally last week so those are two guys I'd be interested in in a tough matchup but they both still have a relatively cheap price tag do
2: you guys prefer um, Justin Jackson for 4900 or DJ Dallas for 5000 if um, Chris Carson and Carlos
1: Hyde are out again it'd be Jackson for me just because it, I think Travis Homer' is gonna be healthier this week and I'd expect him to mix in a little bit more just because DJ Dallas was relatively ineffective last week.
0: I think they're pretty even. Honestly, I would not overcommit either way.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Homer could play a bigger role, but I mean, you also have Josh Kelly in LA, you know, there's a chance he plays a bigger role he struggled last week. He's been struggling in general. I think it's by Jackson's, Uh, taking over a bigger role but you know if kelly gets off to a hotter start this week there's a chance you know that's closer to a 50 50 split i mean
0: i'm not personally too worried about either travis homer or joshua kelly for the the upside for these guys i I think more so they both are in play because both of their offenses are performing and they should get scoring chances regardless of how well they're playing yep over to wide receiver for cash Julio Jones at 7,200 is going to be tough to get away from this week, especially with Devontae Adams already having played DeAndre Hopkins, $1,000 more in salary. Keenan Allen is is kind of in the same range, fine as a $7,000 pivot, or maybe we just play both of those guys since we have some lower-priced running backs that we like this week. What do you think, Tyler, for cash?
1: I really think I'm going to prioritize Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett. I like Julio as well, but we're going to need to find some value somewhere. I'm just extremely high on the matchup for Diggs and Lockett, and I think they're both going to score around 25 DraftKings points this week. I love the ceiling on both of them. Uh, Julio makes a ton of sense, obviously. If Calvin Ridley gets ruled out, he's going to be the guy there. So, and he's got a he's got a good price too. But uh, hopefully, Jared has a has a value play for us.
2: I do have some value plays, but I agree. I mean, you know, Julio, Keenan, Lockett, Diggs. I'd probably rank him in that order right now, assuming Ridley's out um Ridley's questionable so I think he has a chance to play and we'll find out Sunday morning if, he, if he's active I would probably um lean towards Alan Lockett and probably digs over Julio in cash at least um but yeah on the value side I like Brandon Cooks at 5,500 bucks I mean man I played him like a month ago and he had that goose egg and ever since then he's been awesome but I think for 5,500 he is a good value you know he's out targeted Will Fuller in the three games since Bill O'Brien has been fired 10 targets per game uh, for Cooks over that span. And and they get the Jags who are dead last in football outsiders past defense DVOA. They are 20th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Cooks had that um, eight catch 161 yard, one touchdown game against Jacksonville just a few weeks ago.
0: I agree with Cooks. Deontay Johnson's in a similar range at 5,000 bucks. He's off the injury report this week. He's facing Dallas. So he's coming off a crappy week. It makes it a little bit tougher to go back to him, but He's second in our DK dollars per point projections. He has seen 10 to 15 targets in his other three healthy games this season. So, I mean, you kind of have to at least weigh those three games more than the one game for what we can expect in terms of work going his way. And then if you really want to pay down, I think the most attractive uh, options down in the 3K range are Danny Amendola at 3700 bucks against Minnesota with no Kenny Galladay. And then Darnell Mooney for the Bears at 3,900 against Tennessee. Five-plus targets in every game for Mooney since week three. He's top five in the league in air yards. So he has a decent floor for somebody who's in that 3K range with that five-plus targets a week thing. Um, and also a nice ceiling with the air yards if they connect on anything against a bad Tennessee secondary, then Mooney could really give you big points down there.
2: Yeah, those guys are fine. I like Deontay. I would mention uh, Sterling Shepard too, who's forty eight hundred bucks. You know, tough to get excited about him, but he, he's seen pretty nice volume. You know, really dating back to last season when he's played with Daniel Jones.
0: GPP, what do you like at wide receiver, Tyler?
1: So there's actually several guys I like in GPPs for wide receiver. Um, I think Tyreek Hill's a tremendous GPP play this week just because he's kind of sandwiched in between all those guys that we like a little bit more. Um, So he's sitting at 7.1,000. So he's right between DK Metcalf, Stefan Diggs, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, um, and Tyler Lockett. Allen Robinson's another guy who's kind of sandwiched in between there at 6.9,000. The Titans have given up the third most – Fancy points to opposing wide receivers. Allen Robinson is clearly the alpha target in Chicago's offense. And I don't think Tennessee has a corner that can really hold him down. A couple guys in the 5K range I like are DJ Moore, 5.6 thousand. He's $800 cheaper than uh, Robbie Anderson. We have DJ Shark for 5.2 thousand. Going up against a terrible Texans defense. I don't really know what to expect from the Jaguars quarterback with Gardner Minshew ruled out. Um, McCall Hardman's another good play. He finally saw a increase in his, uh, usage last week. i um, expecting Sammy Watkins to miss another game. The Chiefs going on by next week. Hardman's below 5k and he's a guy that'll, you know, always has pretty good upside at the position. And then the last guy, John Brown is just way too cheap at 4.6 thousand. He's been practicing in full all week. Seems like he's over, Uh, the foot and ankle injuries and the knee injuries that had been plaguing him early on. And that's a game that I really look to, uh, to target. So he's going to be an option in GPPs uh, for sure. Jared, what you got?
2: Yeah. I like a lot of those calls. I like DJ Chark. If you're playing a Texan stack as the run back. I like Allen Robinson a lot, you know, no one ever wants to play Allen Robinson because the quarterback issue has been his usage is like top five in the league and it's a nice matchup. I like Justin Jefferson too. And really you could throw Adam Thielen in this boat too. I think, you know, everyone's going to play, Dalvin Cook. So I think the wide receivers are going to go lower own. And if the touchdowns end up going to these wide receivers, they're going to be, you know, the the plays you need in GPP. So Justin Jefferson, just 6,100 bucks. He's $600 cheaper than Adam Thielen. He's projected for less ownership, uh, about six and a half percent for Jefferson is the number that FanShare has. And really Jefferson and Thielen have been playing, you know, they've been getting similar usage. Over the past five weeks, Jefferson has just three fewer targets and two fewer air yards than Adam Thielen. so between the two, I would lean towards Jefferson. He probably has a, has a higher ceiling, too. He's just more of the big play throughout. You know, he has games of 33 and a half and 42.6 DK points already over uh, his, his uh last five games.
0: So all we have to do is figure out how to get Dalvin Cook and three six and a half to seven K wide receivers in a lineup. And then we're all set for this week. Easy. Let's move on to tight end because I don't have any other names to add that haven't been brought up yet. At cash, I'm starting with Johnny Smith at 3900 bucks. I know that last week was disappointing for everybody against Cincinnati. Uh, his salary down is down to a season low as a result, though. It's even $100 lower than it was in week one. And more importantly, he ran a route on a season high, 64.7% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks last week. So if we get similar usage here, I think we'll get better numbers from Johnny Smith. He's facing a Chicago defense That's basically tough on every position except tight end. So if that proves to be the case here, that could further help Johnny Smith. And really, we don't need a huge target game for him. If we get five or six targets, that's plenty for Johnny Smith to deliver, especially on a $3,900 salary. So he's a starting point. And there are a few other guys that make sense in a similar range, but I'll, I'll leave them on the table for you guys to bring up. Tyler, who do you like?
1: Yeah, so in a similar price range, I think I feel a little bit better about Hunter Henry and Logan Thomas. They've just been seeing more consistent targets than Jonu Smith. Uh, the tight end position as a whole is extremely gross this week, so I think I'll definitely be paying down, especially if we're paying up for a quarterback, Delvin Cook, <laughs> and at the wide receiver position. So honestly, Logan Thomas is probably the cheapest option I'd play, and I think he's usable in cash. Uh, he's coming off back-to-back games where he's got it, gotten a touchdown. The usage has stayed strong. And the football team's a home favorite. So I, I like his chances at finding the end zone again.
0: I'm surprised to hear Logan Thomas come up after like four straight games with four targets, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I won't
2: be using Logan Thomas. Um Johnny Smith has entered tournament only territory for me after after burning me in my cash lineup last week. It's gonna be Hunter Henry for me in cash at four thousand bucks. It, it's his lowest price of the season. He's down thirteen hundred bucks from where he was in week one. He he just really hasn't scored. You know, he's still sitting on one touchdown, but He's top eight among tight ends in targets, catches and yards um, for as well as Justin Herbert's playing and how well the Chargers offense is playing. I think, you know, better, higher upside days are coming for Hunter Henry. I like the price tag a lot. Um, If you have a few extra bucks, I do prefer Noah Fant for 4,600. Again, the Falcons, the worst tight end defense in the NFL. And then if you really want to punt the position, I think it's Irv Smith at 2,900 bucks. Not a great matchup against Detroit, but um, Irv Smith's usage is on the rise. Yeah. So Hunter Henry has a higher target floor
0: than uh, Johnny Smith, Uh, four plus targets for every game for him this season. But he's um, and he's had just two games of fewer than four catches, but he definitely has a lower ceiling Four straight games now under 40 receiving yards for him. One touchdown all season. He's seen only four end zone targets so far, which is tied for 11th among tight ends. It's one fewer than Johnny Smith, despite seeing 11 more targets than Smith. Overall for the season, also seen two fewer red zone targets than Johnny Smith. So there's some reason to Hunter Henry not scoring touchdowns. His usage hasn't been awesome in that range, but I certainly agree with him being in play. Hayden Hurst, I think, is also in play 4,100. So basically the same price. I think there's target upside for him if we get no Calvin Ridley this week. And I agree with also Noah Fant being in there. And he's probably, I think, the the most favorable one if the, if the salary difference from 46 to 39 doesn't really matter. right? GPP it's the same group for me I' I'm, I'm not I don't think I'm interested in paying all the way up for Travis Kelsey this week because Darren waller's there at 5800 so I don't feel the need to go past that in salary what about you Jared what do you like at GPP tight end
2: I mean I, I think you have to play Mark Andrews in Gpps he's 4800 bucks he's down 1,200 from his week one price. He's projected at just 5% ownership. And I know he's been disappointing this season, but he has three games of 17-plus DraftKings points. So the ceiling has still been there for him. You know, the Colts are a tough on-paper matchup, but they did just allow seven catches for 65 yards to TJ Hawkinson. So I, I still think, you know, behind Travis Kelsey and maybe Darren Waller, probably not even Waller, Andrews probably still has the second-highest ceiling among tight ends. So at this price and at that ownership, I think, you know, he's a great GPP play.
0: Even though Marquise Brown's been squeaking the wheel and looking for the grease this week.
2: They can both go off if uh, Lamar, you know, finally explodes for for Tyler's GPP teams.
0: I was going to say, he'll need that for the Lamar Jackson team. Tyler, what do you like for GPP tight ends?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, the Ravens have really been letting me down this season. They're a team I bet last week against Pittsburgh. So it was pretty shocking that they lost. Obviously Lamar had a terrible game with, I think he had four turnovers, Uh, but GPPs, I've been making it a point all season that we still want upside at the position. So I think it's definitely a good idea to have some Kelsey and Waller lineups. I don't mind punting the position in cash just because, especially this week, where there's not much value. But I think I'm going to try to avoid guys like Evan Ingram and and, um, Hayden Hurst in GPPs. They just seem like every week. The industry touts them and, you know, the usage is there, but they're guys that just haven't really been doing anything all season. And this is week nine. So it's like, is is anything actually ever going to happen for Evan Ingram or Hayden Hurst? I don't know. But I think Jared made a good point on Mark Andrews. He's just way too cheap. He's a multi-touchdown king. I think he has three games of two plus touchdowns on the season. So I think under 5,000, he's definitely a, a pretty good option. I think Darren Waller's way underpriced at 5.8 thousand. Like I said, he was my favorite option in that Raiders game. And he's a guy that could is pretty well fit for DraftKings because he's a guy that could catch 10 balls and get the hundred-yard bonus and still have a 20-point game without scoring the touchdown.
0: Yeah, Mark Andrews is either gonna sink or float your lineup this week. <laughs> Over to flex, we do we have had the Seahawks rule out Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson officially. So those guys are out. Uh, Adam Schefter says that they are likely to promote Alex Collins from the practice squad. So maybe that further complicates the running back picture. But DJ Dallas at 5000 bucks certainly in play here against Buffalo. Buffalo's a very soft run defense, soft defense overall. And of course, we talked about Seattle's offense is just so good that they're going to be scoring chances, even if DJ Dallas is not terrific. I got Brandon Cooks down here, too. Jared already mentioned in the wide receiver range. At 5500 it makes him even a good um, consideration here where you're considering running backs down in that range who are maybe not as good of bets to get um, touches in games. We mentioned cheaper running backs before. I would be willing to consider a second tight end here in that 4k range. If that's how salary is working out, I would prefer not to, but it's a possibility. Jared, what do you like for flex?
2: Yeah. DJ Dallas versus Justin Jackson is going to be a tough decision. I think one of those guys will end up as, as my flex play in cash. Um, I wanted to mention James Conner just because we haven't mentioned him yet. I mean, 6,900 bucks against a bad Cowboys run defense. Steelers were like 14 point favorites with a big implied total. My only concern with Conner is just like the Steelers get out to a big lead, and he's a guy. It seems like Pittsburgh doesn't want to overwork, so maybe he doesn't get a lot of action in the second half. I mean, he's a great touchdown bat. I think he gets 15 plus carries, so I think he's in play. Um, that's it. I think we've mentioned everyone else. So I'll consider for, for a flex.
0: Yeah, James Conner's had 15-plus carries every week since that week one that was so goofy, and he's had three fourth catches, and I, I think it's four of the past five games, but he's yep. in my fan duel notes. So I agree. He's one that you kind of just forget about, and you're like, wait a second. James Conner's in a great spot this week too. Yep. Tyler, what do you got for flex?
1: So I like Justin Jackson a lot. We talked about him earlier. You guys didn't really talk too much about the Dolphins running back situation with Matt Breida ruled out, and then it looks like Lynn Bowden just got placed on the COVID list. So I'd expect Jordan Howard to be the guy on first and second down. And then Patrick Laird to be the main pass catching back. Uh, I assume both of them are minimum price at $4,000. And I think the Dolphins can compete against the Cardinals. So I think Jordan Howard might be more of a play on FanDuel. Um, we saw him score a touchdown in his first three games with the Dolphins. I know he was averaging like one and a half yards per carry. So then they started making him inactive and they turned... Miles Gaskin into the main guy there, but I'm kind of interested in the Dolphins backfield as gross it, as it is. I think we're desperate for value this week, and I think possibly a, a Jordan Howard Dolphins defense stack makes sense again this week.
0: I can be okay with Jordan Howard, Howard on, on FanDuel. I can't say that I'm at mm-hmm. all interested in Dolphins running backs mm-hmm. and DraftKings.
2: Yeah, me neither. I would much rather you know spend the $900 or $1,000 to get to Justin Jackson or DJ Dallas
0: especially with the defenses as we get to them now where we start with the Falcons at 2,500 bucks against drew lock. And I mean, to me, this is the dolphins last week against Jared Goff, where maybe drew lock does score some points and the Falcons don't work out. But even in that case, it's a $2,500 defense. So you're in good shape with what you can spend elsewhere.
2: Yeah. Atlanta is my starting point in cash. Um, Drew Locke's taking a sack on 5.3% of his dropbacks this season. That's like a middle-of-the-road mark among qualifying quarterbacks. He's still an interception, though, on 3.5% of his passes. That's sixth worst among uh, 33 qualifying quarterbacks. And, you know, Atlanta is a home favorite here. If the game goes according to script, Locke's going to have to throw it quite a bit. So there's sack and takeaway upside for Atlanta. I do think the Vikings for 2,400 are an option, too, especially if Matt Stafford's out. If Stafford's out, I might actually prefer Minnesota to Atlanta. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Uh, Tyler, what do you like on defense?
1: So I think I'd have to bet you guys I'd take the Dolphins straight up uh, over Atlanta. They're only $300 more, so it's it's pretty close. But uh, if I could get the Dolphins, I think I would lean them, even in cash. I think the football team makes a lot of sense at 3400 I like the Chargers at 3000 And then it's going to be extremely difficult to get the Steelers at 4,900. They're $1,200 more than any other defense, but obviously they have the highest ceiling on the slate, so they, of course, make some sense in GPPs. So why do you like the Dolphins defense against the Cardinals so much? So Miami's been a team that I just think is underrated in general. I know they struggle to stop the run, and Arizona has pretty viable options with Kyler Murray and Chase Edmonds, but I think if the game strike game script goes in the Dolphins' favor, they can kind of tee off against that bad offensive line. I know Murray's extremely mobile, but we saw him kind of combust early on in the season with with some bad interceptions. So I'm not like crazy high on them, but I think they were the key to my lineup last week, so I have no problem going back to them this week. Yeah, I, mean, I
2: think I had some recency bias there. I mean, I agree if Miami jumps out to a lead, it's a good spot. But, you know, they're they're road underdog. So I think betting on that isn't, isn't the way to go.
0: The thing that scares me most is the potential for the Cardinals to score 30-plus points and make it a negative defense play. I would rather play the Cardinals defense at 2,900 on the other side against a rookie quarterback personally. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, before we wrap things up here, Tyler, what are your favorite Week 9 bets?
1: I'm going to go back to a teaser. We're going to do a 7-point teaser. Kansas City Chiefs get them down to a field goal. I feel very good about them uh, scoring points against the Panthers. I just don't think the Panthers will be able to keep up. Uh, I'd expect the Chiefs to score over 34 points, no problem. And in that case, I don't think Bridgewater is going to come into Arrowhead and put up 31 plus. And then the other part of the teaser uh, is the Dolphins once again. So they're getting four and a half points. If, if I could get the Dolphins plus 11 and a half, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. So I'll take the, the 11 and a half there.
2: Tyler's the biggest Finns fan on the pod now. <laughs> <laughs> just you. Yeah. Jared, um, you got anything you like this week? Um, I had nothing prepared, but I, I know I do like the uh, over in the Raiders-Chargers game. And I, I just take the over in the Bills-Seahawks game, even though it's like 55 points. I know the
0: Ravens burned Tyler last week, but a, just a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Indy. I like them this week. I'm surprised that that line has come down two points from where it opened. I just think the Colts' offense at number 22 in Football Outsiders DVOA matches up poorly with Baltimore here. Lamar Jackson played a bad game against Pittsburgh last week and gave them a touchdown on defense, and they still had a chance to win that game late. I just think there's it's possible that Baltimore blows out the Colts this week. I, I think bet I'll, the
2: lines come down because of the COVID concerns uh, for the Ravens, but if all those guys get cleared, I think, you know, Baltimore minus one's a good bet. Yeah. Um, I was
1: just about to say the same thing. That's definitely been a game I've been paying attention to. Yeah. I just think Rivers is going to be able to do anything against that Ravens defense. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has been ruled out. I know he hasn't really done much this season, but I think the Colts are going to struggle to run the ball. And then honestly, anytime, The Colts get behind it. It could just turn into a disaster with with Rivers throwing terrible interceptions. So I think that first quarter is going to be huge in that if the Ravens get off to a big lead, I think they can totally crush the Colts. So that's a bet that I've been waiting on just with the, the COVID news. But I think I'll be betting Baltimore again this week as well.
0: Yeah. And we'll certainly be watching that this weekend and updating when we get to find out whether Patrick Queen, Matt Judon, other guys like that are going to be back in the lineup for the Baltimore defense. That's going to do it for this week nine DraftKings podcast. Head over to draftsharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, tournament picks from Tyler, get his favorite stacks for the week as well. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and the FanShare ownership projections. And come Saturday morning, we'll show you who we're playing against each other in week nine of the crown is ass challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at draft sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at Shalf DS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the draft sharks crew, I'm Matt Shalf saying thanks so much.